Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. <clears throat> Eight days later his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith by words of the Nicene Creed. Page 191, or inside back cover. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated, and at this time we'd like to invite the children to come forward for a brief children's message. Let's rise for the reading of our text this morning. 
The text for today's sermon, the second Sunday after Easter, is John 20, 19-31, and specifically, verses 24-39. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is our text. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The title for today's sermon is Prove It. When working my way through college in the summertime, I would work for the Nebraska Department of Roads painting the white line on the highway. Ten hours a day, four days a week, sitting in a chair in the back of a paint striper with an obnoxious sound of an air gun going in my ear, the right ear, and on the left-hand side, the sound of a big John Deere compressor running. When it would rain, or if the temperature was too cold, we would work in the yard and get set up for the next day and make sure all of our supplies were ready. And one of the things that we would do is we'd load up the supply truck, the big semi, and we would have to stand the we would have to stand the white and the yellow barrels of paint on end so that the lift could come over and pick them up and put them on the back of the semi. There were three of us, the part-timers, that would work together and we would, you know, see how much we could lift. And it was one summer that a young gentleman by the name of Brian, I won't tell you his last name. Brian, okay, I will. Brian Brown. But anyways, he, uh, he was a, a walk-on for the Huskers. He's a big kid. And everybody knew him as Barney in the area. He was from Indianola. And it was Brian and myself and, and a young lady who I went to church with, her name was Deb, and we were setting up barrels of paint. And we, we use a, a big cheater bar and we'd clamp onto the side of it and get underneath it and squat it and, and stand it up. And these barrels would weigh between four and six hundred pounds, four or five hundred right in there, maybe a little more depending on the colors. And for us, it would take two of us, normally. And Brian was helping us one day, and we're watching Brian, he was doing it by himself, one at a time. And I remember Deb, and she goes, Hey, Brian, do you think you could do two? And he goes, Oh, I don't see why not. And so we went and got him another cheater bar, and, and he slipped one bar onto each barrel of paint and then put that bar across his shoulders and squatted down and lifted him up by himself. 
we were impressed, blown away, and going, this guy's pretty strong. And of course, we're going through our head that we don't have to do anything, and Brian could do all the work for us. And we got back and we told our foreman, Art, and we said, Art, you know Brian can lift two of those barrels by himself? And I goes, no way, that could never happen. I, 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 oh, no. He goes, you're talking almost a thousand pounds. We go, what to see this guy. He is unreal. And he goes, he did it? And he goes, oh yeah, he did it. And Art's thinking safety issues here with the state. And he goes, let's go watch him. And so we took the other three full-timers who were full-time state employees who had to live by the law, the state guidelines, and all the OSHA standards. And here's Brian out there cranking two of them up at a time. Art totally flips out, the foreman. By the end of the summer, we had a policy in place, thanks to state governments, that said you must use help when lifting one barrel of paint. Nobody would have believed it had they actually seen it happen. Isn't that much like our lives today? You just have to see it. Those phenomenal things that you, you just have to see. And Thomas is in the same boat. And he says, you know, I want to see this Jesus who is raised from the grave. I'm not going to believe you guys. I want to put my fingers in his side. I want to see those marks on his hands that he has truly risen from the grave. Doubting Thomas, he's called. And it's eight days later when it transpires. And Jesus shows up. And not only is, the, is that phenomena that, that, that he's touching his side and touching his hands, but it's that even bigger piece that Jesus appears in the room while the doors are still locked. It's a double whammy for Thomas. He sees, he touches, and he believes. We struggle. That is, that old Adam within us struggles deeply with Christ. In the Augsburg Confession, that defining document that Luther and, and his cronies present to Rome in 1530, the understanding of, of what we are apart from Christ, that utter and complete separation, is defined with this word called concupiscence. Now you don't need to know this word specifically to get into heaven. But it's a very important word for us to be aware of. And to know. And to hear this definition of. And concupiscence is this 
complete, 100% utter separation, this total depravity, that we are unable to come to Christ. It defines our our sinful nature and our condition so perfectly of who we are without faith and without Christ. And it falls right in line with what we have out of Ephesians, that we're dead in our trespasses, dead in our transgressions, we're dead in the ways of the sins of the world, It lines up with Romans that the sinful mind is hostile to God and that the wages of sin is death. Cut off. And that sin just isn't merely a behavior and that we just need some behavior modification, but that sin and unbelief and those temptations to lead us away is a condition of who we are. A condition. And that in that death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the works that He did, not necessarily dealt with the behavior, but deals with a condition. He deals with our sinfulness. He deals with that doubt from day to day and those struggles that we have. A few weeks ago I, I heard a commentator make a statement. He said that he was utterly convinced that Adam and Eve must have been about 15 years old. Because it's at 15 that the person completely doubts and doesn't believe everything that their Creator tells them and completely denies their existence eventually. I can totally relate to that as a parent. And I'm sure many of you can also who have raised kids and taken them through that 15-year-old phase. They don't believe you. And eventually they'll even deny your existence. But that's how that sinfulness of us works. We don't believe God. And we'll even go to the point to deny His existence. Thomas had to see it. I need to touch him. I need to touch those marks in his hands and touch that side. And that confession when it was right there, my Lord and my God, true man and true God, truly this is the Son of God. Truly this is the Redeemer, the Savior, the Messiah. That simple little phrase just lays it all out. That aha moment. For Thomas, it was huge. And as John writes in his Gospel, those closing verses of the pericope for today, at verse 30, that after the resurrection, Jesus didn't stop doing miracles. He didn't stop signs. 
up until that up until that ascension and then even in the book of acts that first wave of disciples as they came as reliable witnesses and as john writes in his book of revelation a reliable witness. And so those, these verses are significant right here at the end. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in His name. Great words for us. John, a reliable witness, one who was on the scene, one who had really nothing and yet everything to lose, lays this out and says, this is what took place. Jesus Christ walked on the earth. He did signs, miracles, dealt with creation. He died and He rose from the grave. Throughout the scriptures, we repeatedly hear this narrative over and over again. And it is a unique message that our Father in Heaven, through His Son Jesus Christ, and the working of the Holy Spirit, delivers to His people. It is unique in the sense that it removes the responsibility of life everlasting and salvation from you. Your salvation is unique because it's not hinged upon you. The good news of the Gospel is that it's hinged upon Jesus Christ. Sometimes I wonder which is harder to believe. A miracle that Jesus did or salvation apart from ourselves? It's the same question that was being asked of Jesus when the young man was lowered down into the room and Jesus told him to get up and walk because his sins were forgiven. Which is harder? Getting up and walking or having your sins forgiven? Each of us knows the sins that we have done and our own condition and the doubt that swells within us. Each of us knows the things that we have said and how we have spoken and how we have separated ourselves from God, how we have doubted God and not trusted in Him. And yet this is the God that comes to us and says, Dear child, your sins are forgiven. You are washed clean. You are mine. I have died on the cross for you. I have conquered death for you. And life everlasting belongs to you. And he goes, I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to feed you and nurture you. And he's going to call you to a communion rail. And he's going to do it Sunday after Sunday and time and time again. He's going to use water and he's going to wash you. And it's going to be incorporated with this very truth of his words. And he's going to use his word combined with that water to cleanse you and make you new and mark you and say, you belong to Jesus Christ. You are his. You have been saved apart. And He's going to feed you right here at this communion rail. And He is going to touch you. And He's going to say to each of you, your sins are forgiven. Take and drink. Take and eat. Your faith is strengthened. This world will not prevail. 
I have lifted you up. I have washed you clean. You are mine unto the ends of the age. You belong to me. You don't have to prove it. It's Christ who proves it before God that you are washed clean. Your sins forgiven. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us rise and we continue with the offertory. as the offerings are gathered. Almighty and merciful Father, in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have given to us the comfort and the knowledge of knowing that through him life everlasting has been given to us and that he has paid the price for all of our sins. We implore you this day, Lord, that you be with all who are unable to come to church to hear the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. And we beg you that you be with our shut-ins of this congregation. We pray especially for Elizabeth Welp, June Jensen, Harry Eckberg, Robert Pariset, Lillian Peters, Bonnie Davison, Bonnie Kinese, and Vi Wall. Lay your hand upon each of these people, granting to them the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good and gracious Father, you are the one who bestows healing upon all people at all times and in all places. We ask you, Lord, that you be with those who have been hospitalized this past week and ask that you lay your hand of healing upon them and grant to them comfort each and every day. We pray especially for Vi Wall, who was hospitalized this week, that you may lift her up and grant to her healing and give to her strength as she works through the as she works through pneumonia, giving to her restoration and healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, you are the one who bestows healing upon all upon all people. We ask that you be with those who will be undergoing surgery this week, and we pray for Tammy Davis as she goes in for surgery on Tuesday. Give to her patience, give to her peace, take away any anxieties that may be upon her, and grant to her a speedy recovery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, you are the one who watches over all people. And we ask, Lord, that you be with Gary Adler, the father of Brent Adler, as he wrestles with health issues. Give to him strength. Give to him peace. Be with his family as, as, they, as they provide transportation for him and as they are at his side, that they too may have patience and strength throughout this time. Strengthen all of their faith that they may cling to the cross of Jesus Christ unto life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Good and gracious Father, You are the one who provides care for us and watches over us during the most difficult times. We ask, Lord, that You be at Jordan Stober, who is serving in the armed forces and the Air Force, that You send Your guardian angels to watch over and protect him, that no harm comes his way, and that he may know of Your everlasting presence. Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, as we have mentioned that You are the one who provides care for all of Your people, and You watch over those who have been hospitalized, we ask that You be with Russell Smith, who has spent a night in the hospital. Give to him patience and peace. Be with those who, will be, who are working with his asthma, and that he may have rest and restoration, and that he may have strength throughout this time. Be with his family, giving them the knowledge and the peace of knowing that he is in your hands and in your care throughout this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lay all of these prayers before you, plus those which are upon our hearts through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the service of the sacrament on page 194. The Lord be with you. unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all places and at all times give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying... Take, eat. 
This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you His peace. Amen. You may be seated for our closing hymn.